Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Today I want to speak on a subject that I think has meant a lot to me and I'm still working on it a lot in my life. And I've called it, what aroma do you bring when you walk in a room? What aroma do you bring when you walk in a room? You know, we all carry atmospheres. And I know for many years, I didn't have to talk for people to know what I was feeling or thinking. A few years ago, I was in South Africa and I used to go there a lot. And I went from Johannesburg to Cape Town. And when I arrived in Cape Town, one of my best friends who you'll see a photo in a second, he's passed away now, he's with the Lord. One of my closest friends, I miss him deeply. He meets me at the airport and he said, look, I'm gonna take you somewhere. And he takes me to this tailor outfit he said, we've got a special outfit for you. I go, what? And anyway, it was a master chef outfit, but they called it pasta chef. <laughs> so they had this pasta chef outfit made. And he said, tonight you're going to be preaching while you're cooking on the stage. And I go, what? He said, yeah, we've got a kitchen all set up on the stage and you're going to be preaching while you're cooking. I totally freaked out. I thought, how am I going to do that? And I, I, I don't know what I'm going to preach on. I hadn't prepared for this. Anyway, I got to stand on the platform. He was my sous chef. And I preached on the smell we bring when we come into a room. And I've changed it for today, but it's that thought. In fact, I think I've got a picture on the, on the screen to show you of being on that stage. That's me and my sous chef, Donovan. And then there's another one there where they had the outfit for me. There it is there. I look like the Pope, let alone a, a pastor chef. I cooked chicken with a rosa sauce. And what happened was he put the chilli in and the lid came off the chilli and most of the chilli out of the jar went straight into the sauce. And, and I'm preaching as I'm going and I'm going, sometimes people can be so super spiritual, they can be so hot that they, they, they fill the room with that super spiritual attitude and you can't eat what they're bringing. And, and I'm going on and speaking about all this stuff while I'm preaching. But the thought never left me. And I want to talk about the aroma we bring as children of God. Opening Scripture, John chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man He had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honour. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with Him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard and she anointed Jesus' feet with it. She wiped His feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, the perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus said, you will always have the poor among you but you will not always have me. There was more than one stink in that room that day. I heard that 
Pastor Dan preached, I wasn't here last week, I was with his parents in Canberra, but I heard he preached a great message on lessons from Judas's life. But there was more than one smell in the room, a stingy attitude, horrible attitude. And here's a woman with a gratitude attitude that fills the room with an incredible aroma. Now, my wife will tell you, I have a bit of a liking for uh, aftershave or, or cologne. And so uh, an Italian relative of mine used to say to me all the time, Danny, you stink very nice. <laughs> you stink very nice. I feel like calling the message, do you stink of it an ace? Because we carry an aroma without even having to open our mouths. A few years ago, many years ago, when I was pastoring our church, I was taking our eldership on a retreat. And that morning, um, I was getting ready and I said to Sharon, I said, um, what's my personal atmosphere like? How do I come across? And I don't know if she remembers, but I do. She said, do you really want to know? <laughs> do you really want to know? And I go, yeah, I do. And then she told me, and I didn't like what she said. She said, it's never good enough for you. It's like, no matter what we do, it's never good enough. And I'm, like, I'm not like that. And I'm arguing against the aroma she had been smelling for quite a long time. And so I went to the retreat and there was about 12 of us and we're at the retreat. And I said, you know, I asked Sharon this morning about my personal atmosphere. How do I come across? And she told me this. And two of the guys looked at me and go, uh-huh. <laughs> I said, is that how I come across? And they said, yep. Sometimes we want to give you what you want, but sometimes your expectations are so high and I felt terrible and I remember asking them to forgive me and saying, look, I need to change this trajectory of my life. But then the good thing is I was able then to deal with all their atmospheres. And we went round the room. It was going to be an hour. We went for two days. And on this retreat, the tears, the brokenness, the why some of my staff were prickly, the reason why they reacted the way they did under pressure, Sometimes we just think it's just an on-the-spot attitude. But there's a lot that can contribute to the atmospheres we bring and to how we operate and what happened. And I'm not going to go through, I might run through them quickly, but don't write any of this down because it, this is about me. But what happened that day changed the whole direction of our church where we discovered what were the non-negotiable atmospheres that we were going to have as a church that would be felt even if they weren't told. If, if people didn't tell them, you can still feel them. When people walk through the front doors of our church, would they feel a generous atmosphere, a gathering atmosphere, a guiding atmosphere, a grace atmosphere, a godly atmosphere, a great atmosphere, a growing atmosphere, orgies, and a generation's atmosphere. What began 20 years ago, was these atmospheres became our culture. And we had them written around the walls of our building. When people walk in the door, how do they feel? Now I'm Italian and I'm quite emotional and I'm a feeler. So you would imagine that I would find what I'm sharing today easy, but I don't. I have to make a decision every day, what atmosphere will I bring wherever I go? 
I'm involved today in a lot of church situations where people are restructuring and there's church politics you've got to work through. My Italian Danny wants to just go in and go, pull your head in, get your act together. But there's another Danny that has to make a decision, the spiritual Danny, what atmosphere will I create? What atmosphere will I bring in the spaces I go to? So you might not be aware of this, but every Sunday, my wife will tell you she's here, it's the truth. Many Sunday mornings I'm very ill and I don't feel great, but when I'm driving here, I make a decision. What atmosphere will I bring? Will I look for people to encourage? Will I look for people that are down and lift them? See, too many people go to church to get, but you'll only get if you decide to give first. And say, I'm going to go to church today and I'm going to give a smile. I walked in here this morning and during the prayer meeting, people were being encouraged and, 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 and people were told, hey, the choir looks great today. And you can feel in the room, people need encouragement and it just lifts people. We bring in an atmosphere that we choose. And I, as I was praying yesterday, and please, I'm preaching to me this morning, I really am. My wife's here, it's really hard to preach in front of her because I can't not tell the truth, you know, but you know, I can't stretch it, you know. Because for many years, she had to live with my atmospheres because in our homes, we have atmospheres. And you can be in a home and not talk, but everybody knows Grumpy's not happy today. I wake up grumpy every morning. I give her breakfast and then I go to work. No, no, who said that? That's not true. Sharon's not grumpy. It's the other way around. She's grumpy now, yeah. yeah. And so atmospheres are very important. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, I know I'm taking it slightly out of context, but not fully, is that the people of the day saw that the disciples had been with Jesus. They recognise them that these are the guys that have been with Jesus. And without trying to sound corny, I want the world around me. I meet with non-Christians every week. I work with non-Christians every week. I want them to know that I carry an atmosphere that shows them that the Jesus I know is worth knowing because of how I represent Him. And as I was praying, as I said earlier, I felt God wants change in our Atmospheres at home. What atmospheres do we bring as kids, as parents? And this woman can teach us so much. Let me give you five words very quickly. It's not a long message today, but I believe it can really, really help us. And it's something that I constantly try to do. A lot about following Jesus is not about feeling. It's about decisions. You don't always feel it. You don't always feel to encourage. You don't always feel to listen, especially with my personality. But you know what? We can make decisions of what smell we're going to have, what aroma we're going to bring in all the spaces we fill. Number one word is preparation. Mary prepared for this moment. Lazarus' sister, who was so grateful for all that Jesus had done, she prepared for this moment ahead of time. It wasn't just feel it when you walk in, but it's a decision made ahead of time. I'm going to anoint Jesus and I'm going to use this ointment, this aroma, this perfume that was worth a year's salary. It wasn't a just 
fly-by-night decision. It was a, she prepared for this moment. And I think it's really important as Christians that if we're going to represent Jesus, we prepare for the moment. I meet with six business people every Friday, as I've told you before, who are not Christians. And it only takes two minutes in the conversation and the swearing starts and either the comments about women or the comments about football and it just goes off and they just look at me and I've just got a smile on my face. I go, I timed you this morning, this afternoon, took about two minutes. And they go, oh, sorry, sorry. I said, don't say sorry to me. But then I ask God in that room, Help me bring the right aroma. Help me bring the right atmosphere so that I don't come across religious, self-righteous, better than them, but I come across caring and loving. And can I say this, having walked with Jesus for 60 years of my life or just under that, let me tell you what's been hitting me the last few months. God is love. God is love. Very simple. We know that for God so loved the world, He gave His Son, but we know that the definition of love is God. Why is it then the non-Christians hate the church so much? Why is it that the media doesn't often attack Jesus, but it does attack the church? And there's so much going on today in our world that's full of hate. The hatred, the, 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 the Matildas, because they came third, all, all the people that started having a go at them on social media. Tonight, I'm gonna to be speaking on true success. What is true success? And I wanna tell you, we live in a world that success is measured by whether we achieve in the way people expect us to achieve. But I wanna say this morning, God is love. So when we are in any room as Christians, how much of God do they feel? How much of God do they sense? God is love. So there's preparation that takes place in the atmospheres we create. I haven't been good at it when the kids were little and I'd come home tired and I'd just be not in a good attitude and in marriages and, and I've been guilty of all this. You create a atmosphere that the other person doesn't know quite how to read where you're at. And I believe as Christians, God's calling us to be atmosphere creators through carrying the right aroma. It really, really is important. Number two, purpose. First word is preparation. She prepared for this moment. Two, our aroma has a purpose attached to it. There's a why behind the what. Mary's action showed honour and respect and appreciation for Jesus. She had a heart of gratitude. That was the purpose. She wanted to be grateful and prepare Jesus for His death. And I, I wanna say this morning, in a country where it's still the lucky country and we still got more than third world countries ever had. And as Christians especially, we need to lift our gratitude attitude quota. We need to have a gratitude attitude about what's happening around us, even in the darkest of times. In Africa, there was a berry called the miracle berry. It was discovered in West Africa during the 17th century some call it the taste berry. It makes sour and bitter foods and drinks taste sweet without the calorie content. Wow, we need to find some of that. It's, we, it, it, uh, what is it? I lost my spot here. It simply makes sour and bitter foods and drinks taste sweet without the calorie content associated with sweet foods, no matter how bitter the food is. 
you're about to eat. If you eat the taste berry first, everything will taste sweet afterwards. And I believe the taste berry for us as Christians is gratitude. If we have a gratitude attitude every day of our lives, grateful to be alive. When I got cancer and I was told I only had a short time to go and here I am five years later. I mean, I get out of bed in the morning and everything creaks and aches, you know, and sometimes I don't have a gratitude attitude. As you get older, you have to stay positive. The other day I fell down the stairs. Instead of getting upset, I just thought, wow, that's the fastest I've moved in years. Got to be gratitude for something, you know. <laughs> but I've tried and I'm still working on it. Gee, I'm going to have to be nice to Sharon when I get home today. But anyway, <laughs> our aroma has a purpose and it's to honour God, but to create a great space for the people we do life with. It's very important that we create the right atmosphere around us. However, number three, there's a price. See, Mary did not care how much this cost. When we live our lives with a posture to honour God, we gotta be willing to pay the price and Mary didn't care about what it was gonna cost because of her deep gratitude. I believe, and I hope this comes across okay, The world is not looking for a church that looks like them. The world is looking for a church that's different. And we're so hell-bent sometimes and looking like the world, thinking like the world, when the world is sick of the world and the world is never meant to look like the church. We're not meant to be like the world. We're not meant to be judgmental. But when you choose to pay the price to show the love of God no matter what and not compromise, and not worry about what people are gonna think. See, there's a right aroma that can touch people, but there's also an attitude we've gotta have that we won't compromise what we believe or we may end up bringing the wrong aroma. I get shocked at some of the conversations Christians have with one another. And I think, really? And I'm not gonna go into it in detail right now, but we should understand if you're called to be a Christian, there is a price. And we bring an aroma And the aroma we bring, the Bible says, to the unbeliever is a stench, but to the believer, it's a sweet smelling perfume. And I'll read that Scripture just as we close in a moment. And so the atmosphere that we bring can be an aroma of life. And I meet with non-Christians, as I said, one of them's a German engineer who plays in a rock and roll band and he rides his Harley every week. And he was raised in the Catholic Church in Germany as an altar boy. And he was taught all these weird thoughts about Christianity and about, about God and all this sort of stuff. And so he'll, he'll talk with me, but also because I don't say, well, that's stupid. I don't turn and go, well, that's a silly idea. I go, well, that's interesting. Where did you get that from? How did you get to that? And then I just share my story. And I may have shared this before, one time they came down to the warehouse where we have the mission and they had lunch with us at the mission. And I said to my son, Michael, just start worshipping, just build some atmosphere. He gets on the keyboard, he starts playing and all of a sudden my friend Rob, the German guy, just starts crying. And he goes, what's the aura in this room? What's going on here? And let me tell you, the world is full of 
lots of lots of stinky things. And I want to tell you, we are called as the church to bring the aroma of Christ. And my question today is, are we willing to pay the price to be disliked by the people that are never going to like Christ or the church, but be connected to those that are hungry and needing to be reached and those that need to know who Jesus really is? You see, the next word is perception. Mary didn't care about what people thought. People's opinions can paralyse us from bringing, us, bringing the right aroma and can cripple us in our decision making. You know, often people will judge us by what's inside of them. A few years ago, Life FM, the radio station, was going through some challenges and they asked me, would I come in? I was pastoring our church at the time. They asked me, would I come in and help to look at the infrastructure and how we could better the quality of the station. I remember giving a couple of days a week for a period of time, it might have been a couple of months. And all over the city, people started saying, ah, so Edge Church is taking over Life FM now. (laughs) Ah, so Edge Church, there's no way you'd go and help them for nothing. There's no way you would go and help them if you didn't have an agenda. And the fact is I didn't have an agenda. I believe the body of Christ is the whole church in our city, every denomination, you know, and the radio station was a voice in our city. I just wanted to help. But people sometimes will judge. When Sharon and I were called into the ministry, people in church go, oh, so now you're getting too big for us now. Oh, now you can't come and hang out with us because you're now working at the church all the time. And they go, no, no, it was a calling. When you have a calling that comes, you follow that calling. But people's insecurities sometimes will judge you by the insecurity that they carry. And I wanna tell you, this woman didn't care about Judas in the room or any other person in the room. She didn't care about other people's perceptions. She didn't care, number five, about persecution. Because bringing the right aroma won't always be easy, but it will be worth it. I remember when I first left menswear trade and I started working at the church and I was pastoring people, loving on people. I started going to youth camps and speaking at youth camps and people don't think this is even remotely me, but it is. I'd be standing in line to get my food to speak at a youth camp with all these young people, these teenagers, and I would actually get shy. I thought, what do I say to these kids? How do I introduce myself? You know, is, is my nose too long? My belly's too fat? You know, whatever. You know, these are all these cool young people. Why do they want to listen to a bloke like me? And I was only 30 then and I thought I was old then. But, you know, um, and I used to really struggle to stay connected for long term. I can stay connected for a period of time in my own personality. But to be able to do it long term, do it years after years. And I remember just telling myself, you will hug people because that's what Jesus would do. You will love people. You will touch people with affection. And I made those decisions, not out of my personality, but out of conviction that we need to show God is love. And we need to show God to people around us. And people would say, gee, Danny's a good salesman. You know, Danny can get you to do anything because he's a good salesman. He can sell anything. And I remember at the time I thought that really hurts. Because yes, I am a salesman. I was a menswear salesman and I loved it. But I'd hate to think that the aroma I bring is about me. Because the aroma I bring is about being a reflection of the Jesus we love to the world around us. 
Sometimes people won't see the why behind our what. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 16, To those who are perishing, we are dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the Word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching. That speaks to me about character. We bring the right aroma because we wanna be people that display God's character. We bring the right aroma because it's a calling on our lives. We bring the right aroma because it's out of conviction. We are empowered by Christ to bring it. And God's eye is watching us, which is being under covering. I'm gonna close with this. I've got a few more Scriptures, but I'm gonna close with this. One of the most read bits of the Bible the Bible that have been used by people that are not even believers is 1 Corinthians 13. We use it for weddings. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but don't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all the knowledge And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. Not something, nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Then it goes on and describes what love is. It's not a feeling, it's a choice. It's a smell we bring It's an atmosphere. And last night I changed the words by removing the word love and putting my name there. Danny is patient and kind, I wish. Danny is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Danny does not demand his own way. Danny's not irritable. I need a lot of help. Danny keeps no record of being wrong. Danny does not rejoice about injustice. Danny rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And then it goes on, love never fails. And the most important of all charities are love. And I believe right now our nation is hurting. People are arguing over everything. And Christians are arguing, are these the last days? Who's the Antichrist? Is the rapture about to happen? For some it might be a rupture, but I'm not sure. Who cares? Can I be honest this morning? Because the world's not wanting to know how much intelligence we've got. The world wants to know, do we love genuinely? Do we carry the right aroma? Do we have the right smell? And we don't carry it just for ourselves, but we carry it because God is love. So we need to reflect Him. And so in closing today, I just want to encourage us. Let's decide we're going to be carriers of His love. Let's decide we're going to have the right atmosphere. Can we bow our heads just for a moment? 
I can't shake this. I'm really, really sorry. And I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands because I don't actually need to be proved that this is right. I just know that I know and that's all that matters. I'll stand before God for this. There are many of you in your homes right now, in your home environment where the atmosphere is not good. And you come to church, you, f- you worship, and sometimes you walk out and you go, well, what, what was the use? Because in your home environment, the atmosphere is tense. My prayer today is all of us, I'm not saying it just to husband or just to wives or just to kids. Let's all of us decide, I'm going to be an initiator of carrying the right aroma. I'm going to be an initiator. Father, I pray today for every home represented in this place. I thank You, Lord, for for the fact that You empower us no matter what our personality is. You empower us, Lord, to be able to be bringers of the right atmosphere, that we can be that sweet smelling fragrance. It's not perfection and we're not always gonna get it right, Lord. And we will make mistakes. But help us, Lord, to keep getting up, getting up again and go, I'm gonna be someone who brings the right aroma into the room. Father, help us today to understand that we can prepare ahead of time before we come to church on a Sunday, that we can prepare before we come. Who can I encourage today? If I see someone that's not doing well, how can I speak into their lives and encourage them? Help us, Lord, to understand that there's a purpose to the aroma we bring. Lord, even though there's a price and at times it can even be persecution, we thank You, Lord, today that even though the perception from some can be we're doing it for the wrong reasons, we're doing it because we wanna be your representatives on the earth today. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for every home. I pray for every workplace. I pray that everywhere we go in our workplace, we will bring the right aroma, that we'll be the bringers of that atmosphere wherever we are. I pray in Jesus' Name, Amen. Hey, Danny, you stink of that nice. Hey, church, let's stink of that nice. Bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life, and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.